coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Hello and welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan, that's Matt, over there is Ryan. We're going to get right into our reactions to week six. We will continue our transaction theme as we have for the first five weeks of the NFL regular season weekly reminder that we are recording on Sunday night. So uh, no reactions to Sunday night football or Monday night football, but 12 other games to get to this week. Ryan, you're starting things off with the Thursday night game where the Patriots beat the Giants. Who are we going to talk about there? Yeah, I want to look at Darius Slayton here, the Giants rookie wide receiver. Uh, We saw the Giants really struggle uh, last week in that Thursday night game with injuries. Uh, they were playing without Sterling Shepard, uh, of course, missing a couple running backs and Evan Ingram as well. So Darius Slayton basically ended up being the second uh, most targeted player for them. He saw eight targets, which was a, a career high in his in his short career so far. Also played 98% of the snaps. Only caught three of those balls for 32 yards. But with, with Shepard's second concussion in... Uh, in basically a month, I think it could be a while before we see Sterling Shepard back on the field again. Obviously, the Giants are going to have to throw it a ton each week as they're likely to be trailing. So, uh, Darius Slayton is a guy I would be checking my waiver wire for. If you're if you're in a deeper league with uh, 28 or 30 man rosters, he's he's certainly already on a roster. But a shallow league, 20 to 25, he's probably out there, and I would be looking for him. And and on the other side of the ball. Jacoby Myers, kind of in a similar spot. The Patriots lost uh, Josh Gordon in that game. We we haven't heard much from the tight-lipped Patriots on on his status, but uh, he could miss a couple games, hopefully not long, but Jacoby Myers would be the guy to benefit from any Gordon absence. Yeah, I like both of those, Ryan, and, and certainly guys that you can think about maybe even putting into your lineup right away, depending on how that news falls with those other receivers in those specific cities uh here in the next few weeks they uh you know with all these buys coming up and things like that injuries are kind of mounting up as well these guys are going to be fringe flex worthy as we progress the carolina panthers and tampa bay buccaneers went across the pond to play one matt carolina pretty much had this game in their hands throughout the entire game because Jameis winston wanted to throw it to them all game who do you want to talk about here 
Yeah, he must be colorblind or something because there was the, the one right to Keekly. My goodness, uh, just 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 not good, Jameis. Uh, I've been on board with this offense, um, you know, all off season and into the season, and we've seen Chris Godwin really kind of take off and and, and really outproduce and be a little bit more impressive than Mike Evans in almost every single week. And he did it again today, ten out of twelve uh, for one hundred fifty one yards. Uh, I just th- th- this is purely a, a value move. I think I think it's, it's time to sell Chris Godwin in the recent October ADP twenty three overall at the end of that second round. Uh, wide receiver eleven overall, so he's in that top twelve. This is starting to feel a lot like how we were valuing Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen last year, where both of those guys snuck into the top twelve to fourteen. Uh, obviously, the youth is a little bit younger when we t- when we throw Adam Thielen in there. But uh, I just think of where he is right now and what we can get for him. I think it's time to go, especially considering the instability of that quarterback uh, position. You know, we don't know what's going to happen next year there. If they're going to actually re-sign Jameis. He's in the last year of that contract. So I just don't feel good about it, despite the volume, uh, uh, based on where he's going right now. So some of the trades in the trade finder, basically Godwin for OBJ. They threw in Fitzgerald and a third on that side as well. But, you know, that's kind of a, uh, you know, satellite assets there for for somebody that we know is really good and is just struggling a little bit early in the season and then even uh, even a little bit farther down the list cooper cup straight up you know i think that's even even worth considering uh, just because of, uh, of of his situation again there and how high in value uh, godwin has risen so i'm going to go ahead and sell godwin if i can get that top 10 wide receiver price for him in that early or sorry late second round early third round startup adp that adp and the guys right around there matt are are intriguing names, no doubt. The the thing I always, when I went to look at this, once I saw that you were selling Chris Godwin, I looked at that ADP and I, I think I'd pick him there. I, I like the players that, that are around him in ADP. I just like Chris Godwin more. He's, we're not talking about a top 10 wide receiver through six weeks. We're talking about a top two or three wide receiver. And, and with Cooper missing most of the game on Sunday, he could very well be the top receiver in fantasy at this point. So honestly, I'm I'm holding on to Godwin no matter what it takes, and I'm buying him for those two packages. I love Cooper Cup, but I'd rather have Godwin. And yeah, OBJ is great, but it feels like Godwin made that leap. He took it to the next level. If there was a guy in Tampa Bay that I was going to sell, it'd be Mike Evans. He was awful on Sunday. He was really, really bad. And you can look at the stat line and see see 9 for 96 and think, oh, well, that makes up for the big old stoink zero that he took a week ago. But it really didn't. If you watch that game, he dropped two really deep bombs, both right in his hands. One would have been a big touchdown at the end of the half. Uh, another would have been a really big play in, I think, the fourth quarter. And then Jameis's last uh, interception late in the in the game it really didn't matter. Uh, Evans ran a fade and just never turned around. It was an easy pick for the defender who is one on one. A number one receiver, the big guy like Mike Evans is. This isn't the first time he he gets lazy. I get sick of it. He is my least favorite superstar player to own. And I would trade Evans for Godwin straight up at this point. Yeah, I think a lot of people would. I I ran some polls on Twitter earlier. Uh, in the week, or I, I guess late last week, comparing Godwin versus uh, some of the the very top receivers: Hopkins, Adams, Juju, Michael Thomas, Odell, and and Mike Evans as well. Most of that, most of those win as as expected. Hopkins, Adams, Michael Thomas, Odell all won those polls uh, pretty easily, but Godwin was was picked 
uh, ahead of Juju Smith or, or over Juju Smith and over Mike Evans uh, easily. So I think we see Mike, uh, I'm sorry, we see Chris Godwin with that wide receiver 11 ADP. And it, it's kind of shocking because it's the first time we've seen kind of on paper him being valued that way. But looking at the guys above him, I actually think there's some room to grow. So I don't mind the idea of selling high on a, on a player like that. But I think next month, he's probably the wide receiver six or seven. And then maybe that's your better time to sell high if, if you want to go that, that route. And I, I, I agree with that, Ryan. And Matt, you can respond, of course, too, that it's not a bad idea to sell Godwin. You sure can. But I would want a package of players or a player that I think has at least as high of upside as Godwin. And I just don't think a lot of those guys do. Yeah, OBJ does. Um, I don't like what I've seen in Cleveland, so so I would choose Godwin over OBJ. Maybe I'm on the outside looking in on that, according to what Ryan said. Those other polls that you mentioned, Ryan, I agree with each of them, though. The that that really elite tier with with Adams and 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 those receivers. Sure, I'll take those guys over Godwin, but but that next set of receivers, I think Godwin belongs in it. Yeah, I mean, you guys make good points. I just, I'm just uncomfortable with the situation there in Tampa. I, I don't know if Arians is, is, really cares about sticking around for a long time, so we might have a new offensive system next year. The, the quarterback situation like, the situation, like I mentioned, whether it's, it's Jameis or, or, or somebody else, a rookie, some veteran, you know, I just, I'm not comfortable with that situation. I think it's volatile enough for me to be feeling okay getting out now, especially if I can get someone up into that OBJ area. Uh, I just feel like the, the, the downside is, 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 is pretty bad considering the situation going into 2020 but if you're a contender and you have them and you know it's, it's really hard to not to accept some kind of offer that puts you in a worse situation uh and, and i guess he's also considered a re- rebuilding piece because he's what 23 years old so uh, I, I totally understand what you guys are saying it's just a little bit more comfortable to me to kind of pivot to somebody else if i can in that range yeah no doubt those are valid concerns especially considering that p- coaching staff and when you factor in the quarterback and his propensity to have those just awful clunker games like like we saw on Sunday uh, makes you makes you think twice about investing heavily into that offense when those kind of days can happen uh, they ended up playing from behind all day and, and Godwin and Evans both got theirs so for one week I guess it did work out although neither got into the end zone we'll see how it goes progressing as the season uh, kind of moves along uh, like I said I, I want Godwin but there there are a lot of people that are going to want Evans still as we move forward The Seattle Seahawks and Cleveland Browns, they played on Sunday as well. The Seahawks narrowly escaped Cleveland with a 32-28 victory. I had this game, and I chose somebody down on the depth chart, Luke Wilson, and for pretty obvious reasons, I guess. Uh, If you watched that game, you saw about uh, early in the game at least, Will Disley went down, suffered what appears to be a pretty serious knee injury. Uh, haven't heard anything um, concrete, obviously, just yet, but we expect to hear news early in this coming weeks. Disley couldn't miss the remainder of the season. That's going to create an opportunity for somebody at the tight end position. Most likely, that's going to be Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson, uh, two catches for 16 yards uh, in, in week six against the Browns. So, you know, really didn't jump at that opportunity. Um, he's not the pass catcher that Will Disley is. Nobody's going to suggest that. He's 
he's like a speculative ad for me and, and probably only one in deep leagues where owners are suffering at the tight end position, uh, suffering through injuries and, uh, and these bye weeks that are coming up. He's a guy that you probably um, are not going to be excited to put in your lineup, at least until we see how he does in that starting role over the next couple of weeks. But if you have a roster spot, Luke Wilson might be worthy of that spot moving forward. Ryan, you had the Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you want to spotlight here? Yeah, I want to look at another rookie to add to your roster. It's Josh Oliver, the uh, Jaguars tight end. We uh, we haven't seen anything really from him yet as uh, through his rookie season, he's been dealing with a minor injury of his own. But the two guys ahead of him are now both out. And it sounds like Oliver is, is close to getting back on the field. And, and he could walk right into a, a starting job. We saw uh, O'Shaughnessy, who had really been kind of stepping up for that Jaguars team and turned into a, a red zone threat, tore his ACL a week ago. And then today... Uh, Jeff Swaim suffered what looks like a concussion, so uh, probably a short-term absence for him, but could be the window that Josh Oliver needs to uh, to really gain some dynasty value pretty quickly. And uh, just like Slayton and Myers, he's uh, he, he's more of a, a target in shallow leagues and deeper leagues, probably already owned. I know he is in in our kitchen sink leagues, for example, but. Uh, if you're in a league with, with 25 or fewer roster spots, he might be out there and, and would be a guy to look at. Yeah, I like that call for sure. If you saw that Swaim injury, it was it was pretty gruesome, a scary hit. Uh, one of those where the body kind of goes limp and, and you start thinking to yourself, man, what, what are these guys doing this for? Um, but if there is a prolonged absence there, there, there looks to be an opportunity for Oliver. We'll see. You know, coming out, Ryan... A lot of us were pretty excited about his upside as that field stretcher and then landing in Jacksonville uh, didn't do a lot for dynasty owners. He, he was like that fifth, sixth, seventh tight end in a class that, that had a few upside guys. And I think he's been forgotten about, at least for the most part in those leagues that you're talking about, perhaps there is an opportunity for him. And, and if he can take, take advantage of it, uh, we, we might see a spike in his value. Matt, let's talk about the Eagles, who they got they got pounded in Minnesota, really. Uh, the Vikings took care of them on Sunday, but you want to talk about a guy that I have been relatively negative about recently. Yeah, this is it in Superflex League. It's time to get rid of Cousins. 22, 29, 333 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. This is his game of the year, you guys. Uh, the Eagles coming into this week were a bottom five pass defense. Their cornerbacks are just a mess. So Stephon Diggs was able to <laughs> really take advantage of that today. That along, I mean, you'd say what you want. It's probably narrative street, but uh, the squeaky wheel nonsense. Uh, it was stealing last week. It's Diggs this week. So uh, once we get back to tougher games, I really think that, that they're going to go back to their, their desired game strip of Mike Zimmer and that's to play defense and run the ball with Dalvin Cook so uh, they took advantage of a weak secondary today and I'm using this to get out on Cousins any first round pick in 2020 I'm going to go ahead and take Uh, some may feel that's a little bit low but I don't really think you're going to get much more than that maybe you can get somebody to tack on a third or something but you might just end up killing the deal if you ask too much there so I'm willing to get out for any 2020 first on Cousins Uh, you know assuming I have uh, he's my third quarterback or something like that obviously if he's your quarterback too and you're competing it's a little bit tough but uh, I'd be trying to get out on Cousins if I can at this point I think the Kirk Cousins backers will probably point to his high 
high completion percentage over the last handful of games at New York in week five. He was 22 for 27, 306 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. The week before that, completed 75% of his passes for just 233 yards against the Bears in Chicago. I agree, Matt. If you can get something out of Cousins, I don't... I don't know if a lot of people are even given that first for Kirk Cousins. It's just difficult to watch him play and come away thinking, that's a guy that I want on my team. I know in Superflex, any quarterback holds a lot of value on upcoming schedule of at Detroit, home to Washington, and then at Kansas City, at Dallas, and Denver suggests a rough schedule, really, that Washington game maybe notwithstanding. But going to Detroit, going to Kansas City, going to Dallas, and then home to Denver looks like a tough stretch on the schedule. I'm in agreement. Maybe you can even move down the peg, down the board a little bit on the quarterback depth chart or you know, try to f- identify a guy that you like to have a little bit more upside that maybe hasn't quite uh, come through just yet and, and just pivot to another quarterback. Um, I don't know if those opportunities really exist, but you're right. This is the time to at least explore them and see if you can get something for the Viking signal caller. The the Giants also a, a really bad pass defense, so not surprised right. to see that last week as well. And I, I think you're I think that's another good move, like you mentioned, to kind of move down. I don't know if how people are necessarily valuing him today versus Minshew after Minshew's pretty disappointing game today. Uh, but maybe that's an option: slide down to Minshew and pick up a third or third pick, maybe a second round pick, something like that. So I think you have options there in terms of moving down, like you mentioned. Yep, good options, no doubt. Let's move on to the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. This was probably billed as the game of the week and really came through um, the funnest game to watch if you were if you were looking around the league and looking for something to watch on Sunday. Uh, a really good game. Houston went in there and, and got the upset, 31 to 24. And the guy I want to talk about here is another tight end to add. Again, looking towards the lack of depth at the position, uh, injuries that are mounting, uh, including what we saw this week to Will Disley, uh, the upcoming buys as well. I'm going to add Darren Fells in my leagues that I'm looking for some depth at tight end. And, and you might scratch your set, scratch your head and say, Darren Fells, geez, he hasn't done much. But really, he scored at least 12.9 PPR points. In three of the last four weeks, he's caught 14 passes for 149 yards and three touchdowns over that stretch on 16 targets. And in the last month, he's the tight end four overall. That includes tight end eight, a week that was tight end eight overall in week three. And his teammate, Jordan Akins, was tight end three that week. Darren Fells was also tight end two in week five last week when he caught the two touchdowns. And he's tight end nine as of this recording in week six. So three tight end one finishes suggest I want that guy on my team and maybe it takes a touchdown to be a back end tight end one. But those are the kind of guys we're starting there anyway, fellas. So if you can get Darren Fells and you're really struggling at tight end, I think you could do worse. 
Yeah, I, Aikens was the guy I scooped up several weeks ago, uh, but it's it's clearly been been uh, Darren Fells, like you said, the last couple of weeks, Dan, and and it it, it does seem weird. Also, maybe it's a combination of the schedule, uh, but it seems weird that with all of these guys healthy again, meaning Fuller and Kiki Cutie, that there's still room for one of these tight ends to produce too. So uh, there's a lot where you could do a lot worse at tight end there at, at the end of your roster, especially if you're stacked elsewhere. So uh, definitely a waiver wire guy to consider. Uh, although I did see him picked up in a bunch of leagues last week, so. You might have to. Would you pay something, Dan? Would you pay anything for him? Oh, other than waiver wire bucks. Yeah, waiver wire bucks. I wouldn't pay a third for him. Uh, maybe there's a low end player on your roster that you could do a swap with uh, if, if he's on a roster that that's deep at the position. Probably not in the position to move a draft pick just yet for him. I don't know if that point will even come. It seems like he's that last option. You mentioned those names at wide receiver. Uh, lots of opportunities for those receivers. DeAndre Hopkins owners are probably thinking he needs a few more. Uh, I, you know, I just don't know if you can give up anything for him. I did add him in two leagues this past week and was forced to start him in one league. So he came through for me. Uh, maybe a little bit too late for some owners in deep leagues with large rosters, but those in, in leagues with 25 or less that, that are struggling at the position, he's, he's still out there most likely. By the way, you mentioned Hopkins, who was a buy last week, still a buy. This oh yeah, week. he's a double buy. Now he's a double buy. If you can double buy him, go buy him twice. Uh, you know, Will Fuller. You mentioned him as well. He's he's got the drop sickles too. He can't hold on to the football. It was ugly. He had multiple chances at touchdowns that he let slip through his fingers. Those are the types of things that Matt, you and I have talked about for a couple of years now. All the skills, all those air yards that everybody talks about, the opportunity is always going to be there. But he just drops the ball too much. He's He is such a maddening player to put in your starting lineup. You know, like last week, it, we, we all looked stupid. Like, oh, look, he learned how to catch finally, like 14 receptions or whatever it was. But this week, back to the same old dropsies as, as before. So he's just, he's he's not Deshaun Jackson, but he, he's kind of like a younger Deshaun Jackson in some regards, I guess, in terms of how you feel about him when you click that checkbox. I play in a local redraft league that is extremely shallow, 15 ro- roster spots. And Will Fuller was available last week. And I... Thought about it on Sunday morning, picking him up and, and maybe even playing him, and decided not to. Somebody else picked him up, a, a relatively good fantasy player, and was super excited about picking up Will Fuller, inserted him directly into his lineup, and halfway through the game today in the league chat, a big old WTF, and who the heck is this guy? And I thought this guy was good. I saw the highlights last week. I think a lot of Fuller fans are, are feeling the pain of that one this week because it could have been a really big game in week six for Will Fuller. Ryan, the 49ers defense is legit. They held the Rams to just seven points on Sunday. They beat the Rams 20-7, to seven, but we don't play with defenses in our league. So we can't talk about them. Who can we talk about? We can talk about the running game. It's legit as well. Uh, and, and Matt Breda is kind of the the hot name as of late. I know he had um, a little bit of a quiet game in week six, 63 total yards, but um, they had that that game last week on Monday Night Football where he had the huge run to start the game, ended up with nearly 130 yards, a touchdown, was involved in the in the passing game as well he ended up being the running back four overall in week uh in week five and i think all of that is is just carrying over to see 
pretty quick value gain for Matt Breda. And because of that, I would be selling. I just think back to last year and all of the injuries that he, uh, that he dealt with pretty much every week. And, and he did tough it out, uh, kept coming back out on the field when we thought not only his day was over, but maybe even his season was over, uh, continued to play, but that's, that's stuck in the back of my mind. We also have this, uh, this crowded backfield committee, uh, Tevin Coleman is back. Uh, Jeff Wilson uh, is in and out of the lineup. Same for Raheem Mostert. So if, if I can sell high on Matt Breda, I would be doing that. You know, I'm wondering, Ryan, considering that Coleman is back now, he got his feet wet on Monday Night Football in Week 5 when he had 16 carries for 97 yards. He got 18 more carries in Week 6 for just 45 yards, but scored, got that goal line work once again. I'm wondering where selling high lands with Breda. Most dynasty owners are savvy. They're going to realize that Coleman is not just mixing in, but you know, really getting more opportunities than Breda now. That's going to factor into these negotiations. So what are we expecting to get from Breda if we're, if we're trying to shop him? I'm taking any second rounder for him. Okay, so so you're you're not selling super high. Uh, you're taking taking the best you can get. Maybe the Coleman owner is the guy to start those negotiations with. Uh, get that handcuff in place for for that Coleman owner. Let's move on to the Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos. There was a quarterback change for the Titans in this game. Matt, I'm guessing that's the direction you're going to go. Yeah, it's pretty boring, but, you know, like we just talked about with Cousins, Superflex Leagues, Ryan Tannehill, you got to add him. Uh, 13 to 16 for 144 yards and one interception in, in less than half the time that Mariota played, uh, who was seven for 18 with two interceptions. It was benched in the early third quarter. So, you know, you don't know if this is going to stick, if Tannehill is going to take over, but he was certainly at least more efficient with his, with his dropbacks today than Mariota was. This was actually the first game of the season that Mariota has had any turnovers, but they were, they were pretty bad. So, uh, so you can go ahead and add him in super flex leagues, I think, and, you know, hope that you can use him as a bye week filler as an emergency option, really, I guess. But uh, but let's move on from there, guys. I have a question for you. Uh, and I know, Ryan, you've been, a, and I have too, a little bit lately in terms of Philip Lindsay and, and what we're doing with him, and, but, and that he's a sell. Uh, but, man, he just, I don't know. He looks so much better to me on film than his his backfield mate Royce Freeman. And I know the touches are about equal, but he's doing more with them, at least on the ground. I kind of want to buy Lindsay right now. Is, is is that dumb? I don't think it is because I think his price is still still very reasonable, um, to say the least, and, and probably fair to say that he's underpriced, undervalued based on what we've seen on the field, not just from this season, but last year as well, because he was um, that undrafted guy. You know, he never really – his value never really – got to the point it probably should have based on uh, how he was playing. So I think, I think that's still the case. And, and now that we see this committee, you know, he, he's a pretty easy buy. I think actually, if, if you're a contender. Yeah, I just, I think, you know, 15 for 114 yards last week, uh, another 70 yards and a touchdown this week. He just seems hot and, 
he seems to add more value to his touches. Freeman is certainly going to get what's blocked. Uh, and the volume, I guess, is a concern, but they don't want Flacco to throw the ball 50 times a game. So I think you're going to see, uh, you know, pretty close to a 50-50 split, if not more, in, ter- in, in favor of the running game for really the rest of the season. So if this defense is really going to start coming on. You know, when we, when we entered this season, we thought that they were going to be a dominant unit again, especially with uh, Vic Fangio coming over. So if this is the style they're going to play, I just think there's a lot more there for, for Lindsey. And we kind of have to get over this fact that he's a small guy, whatever it is, 190 pounds wet uh, as a between-the-tackles runner. So uh, I want to add him, and I, I think I'm okay paying. I'm definitely okay paying an early second. And if I think that I'm really a strong contender and I'm just short of running back, I don't mind paying that late first either. Yeah, that, that's where the price seems to be for me, Matt. I've, I've seen some negotiations or heard of some no, negotiations in a couple of trades that have gone down. I saw a Tariq Cohen for a sec, and a second and a third for uh, for Philip Lindsay in one of my leagues. That was an interesting deal for sure. That happened before this week, coming off that 15 for 114 and a touchdown for Lindsay in week five. Back-to-back big games have have certainly risen that value. Um, the schedule looking forward, Kansas City at Indianapolis and then Cleveland before the bye. But after that, a little bit tougher at Minnesota, at Buffalo. Those are two very good run defenses. I agree with you, though. Lindsey seems game or game script proof, if that's a thing. He's a pass catcher when they're behind, a guy that they try to get on, on the perimeter in space, no matter what that game script brings. And when they're ahead, it seems over the last couple of weeks – that they're they're going to feed him the ball. They want to run the ball. Vic Fangio and that that coaching staff wants to be a run first team. Fifteen carries in each of the last two games. Two games before that, a month ago at the Packers, twenty one carries. So with the exception of the Jacksonville game, who bottled him up nine carries for fifty three yards, so a five point nine yard average, just one catch in that game. He's been very effective over the last month. Four touchdowns, all of them on the ground in that span. Those are three very good weeks, running back one type weeks. And and if you're going to target a guy as a contender, like you were saying, and you were thinking about giving a first round pick, I don't think you can do a lot better with that late first round pick than than grabbing, grabbing Philip Lindsay. Yeah, and by the way, in that Jacksonville game, uh, Royce Freeman six for sixteen, so <laughs> out touched him and and out produced him, both from a complete yardage standpoint and an efficiency standpoint. So uh, I I just I just don't think Freeman is really that big of a threat to him. He might steal a touchdown every now and then, uh, but I think Lindsey is definitely the guy to own there. Yeah, so many of us were afraid of Philip Lindsey and that timeshare, especially as the preseason progressed and even into the first couple of weeks of the regular season. It seems to be tilting ever so slightly in the favor of Philip Lindsay, and uh, everything suggests that it's going to continue that way moving forward. The Washington Redskins and Miami Dolphins were in a battle for the number one overall pick in the draft next year. Uh, interesting decision at the end of this game for the Dolphins to go for two and try to get the win at home. Uh, didn't work out, and the Redskins get their first win. Nonetheless, I'm going to talk about a Redskin. It's Steven Sims Jr., and some of you may say, I remember that guy from a week ago when he had a 65-yard touchdown run on an end-around for the Redskins against the Patriots. Well, this week, just one carry for one yard. Uh, He didn't have a target in the game either. He is a wide receiver, so he didn't do anything in Week 6, but that breakout a week ago, or at least that one big play a week ago, against the Patriots had me thinking about him throughout the week. Uh, He's a top four or top five kick returner in the league. 
very explosive player, uh, came out of Kansas where he was always the best player on the field for the Jayhawks. And of course, Kansas isn't known for putting out big time players or, or really even that many contributors at the NFL level. But just spending a few minutes on YouTube after that game, after watching that end around against the Patriots, uh, he cu- he catches your eye, and he wasn't used correctly at Kansas. He was used as a downfield receiver and, and that underneath uh, bubble screen type player, never that intermediate player. So I don't know if he's developed that kind of his game. He's certainly a deep league stash. There's not a lot of talent in Washington at this point, especially at the receiver position. So there's going to be a chance for playing time. Again, this is only for a really deep league. If you need a guy to fill the last spot on your roster and you're looking for long-term, maybe even very long-term upside, stashing Steven Sims Jr., uh, seeing what he can do for the rest of this season isn't the worst worst idea. If you want to hear more about Steven Sims Jr., check out the rookie report card for week five that I wrote on him on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Shameless plug. (laughs) That's why you're a professional, Dan. (laughs) I think I made it sound... (laughs) Yeah, it sounded pretty good. Uh, Let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys uh, and the New York Jets. Another upset this week. Knocked me out of my survivor pool. So a reason to hate the Cowboys even more than I already did, Matt. We all do as Packers fans. Uh, They lose 24-22 to to the Jets in New York. Ryan, you had this game. I did. We saw the, the injury early in the game to Amari Cooper. Uh, sounds like it's a quad injury, and and Doctor Chow says uh, his his first thought is that it might be a significant quad injury. I'm not sure what that might equate to as far as how many games Cooper might miss, but uh, any discount that any injury discount you could get from uh, from this injury on Amari Cooper, I would certainly take. So I would be trying to buy Amari Cooper. Uh, if you see a dip in his price, that's that's likely just a one-for-one one deal uh, with with another player in that range. Uh, Stefan Diggs, Mike Evans, those are guys maybe to look to flip for him, uh, depending on the results of that injury. But then also related to the Cooper injury, Michael Gallup is another guy to buy. He had kind of a quiet game on Sunday, but... With once he returned from his injury and his own injury, and even before that as well, he was uh, certainly on his way to a breakout sophomore season. And uh, if if he becomes the number one target on that team for the next two or three weeks, depending on again the severity of the Cooper injury, uh, th- then all the better. But Gallup is is a guy I would be buying, uh, you know, almost at any cost. I remember we talked about him. Uh, I think it was after that first week and. Dan, I think you asked me if I would spend a first rounder for him, and I said no, and and I now regret that. I would I would definitely spend a late mid to late first rounder on him, and I'm going to be trying to do that this week. And this I think has a short window too, Ryan, because they get the 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 secondary in the Philadelphia Eagles next week that Stephon Diggs just torched. So go go make those moves this week if you can. Yeah, the problem is I've been trying to buy Gallup like crazy all season long. Really, at the beginning of the preseason, maybe I started a little bit too low in the preseason when I was offering second round picks and packages of picks, and it wasn't working out. It's gotten to the point 
early in the season where I've offered guys like Sony Michelle and and other running backs in similar tiers or the tiers above Gallup, according to our ADP. And that hasn't worked out. I've offered first round picks and, and haven't had a lot of luck either. He was a guy that I wasn't super high on coming out of college. And I tried to make up for that mistake in the, over the last couple of months and just haven't been able to. I bought him in one league and I'm sure I've sent offers in nearly every one of them. Uh, he's, he's a hard guy to get your hands on and, you know, you really understand why you're looking at a guy that's heavily targeted seven, six, seven, and just four in, in, in New York on, in week six. Uh, but heavily targeted guy, or excuse me, those are his catches, seven, six, seven, and four, but his targets seven, eight, 14, and seven in the four games for the Cowboys has just the one touchdown on the year, but 200 yard games, Really looks like a guy that's up and coming, a guy that's taking the step forward to becoming that that could be number one wide receiver for a team someday. He'll play the part as a wide receiver too for the Cowboys because Cooper is there. But I wouldn't be surprised if he has big games coming up if Cooper misses time. Like you said, Ryan, it's a good chance to, to go out there and send the offers. Maybe you can get him. I have a feeling it's going to cost more than a mid to late first round pick though. Let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons and the Arizona Cardinals. Another good game on Sunday that featured a missed extra point at the end when Matt Bryant had a chance to tie the game. I wanted some extra football here because I thought Calvin Ridley was a great play this week, Matt. He did score the touchdown, but I'm really disappointed. He, sh- he should have had a big game. Instead, I got to see other players on on the field, especially in the red zone. Can that coaching staff just put Ridley in the game when they're about to score? (sighs) I don't get the Falcons and Cardinals though. Matt does. Who are you going to talk about in this game? No, man, we still, we got to have Muhammad Sanu out there. Oh my goodness. Ridley just, he just doesn't have it. Justin Hardy, whoever number 83 is, that guy was on the field in the red zone. (laughs) Uh, Give me a break. Gage, Russ, was that Russell Gage, Gage yeah. Jr. or something like that? Yeah. Uh, that's not our buy, though. We're going to go buy Chase Edmonds. I don't know if we mentioned him yet this season, but we probably should have. I think last week I, I kind of talked about how, you know, with, with all of these receivers' injuries, I, I really think that they'd be better served to have David Johnson play basically a bona fide receiver and have Chase Edmonds running the ball because he looks just as good, if not better, than Johnson in that regard last couple of games. Uh, not a whole lot of volume today, just five for 34 on the ground, but had a nice long run, two for two on, on receiving for 33 yards and that touchdown. Uh, but he's still going super cheap, uh, so I think, he's, I think he's still a buy. And if David Johnson does get hurt, then you have him as a, as a high volume back inside that exciting card offense so at 162 overall and running back 55 in our recent October ADP I think that's a, a screaming deal for him a couple of trades until Antonio Callaway straight up I'm doing that in a heartbeat Keyshawn Johnson for him straight up I, I think probably some people would have a little bit more trouble with that but honestly with all of those receivers and the way that that Kyler Murray is kind of spreading the ball around he had 340 passing yards today uh, but Keyshawn Johnson uh, not 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 a very good game today so in fact I don't think any receiver had over 69 or 70 yards something like that so uh, the way I'm spreading it around I think that Keyshawn or sorry uh, 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 geez the way they're spreading the ball around, I think that Chase Edmonds is, is kind of a better asset right now, at least for 2019, the rest of this season, than Keyshawn Johnson is. So I would make that move as well. Yeah, I like that. That's an obvious buy for me as well. I'm a fan, especially in deep leagues, of handcuffing your running backs. So if you're a DJ owner and you don't have Chase Edmonds, 
you need him on your roster. When DJ misses time, I think that was the narrative all week long as Johnson was missing practice, that if that happens, if David Johnson is out of the lineup, Chase Edmonds is going to be a great play this week. So we heard it all week long. And then even with David Johnson in the lineup, Edmund makes, Edmonds makes a, a big impact, really, uh, with those five carries for 34 yards. He had another nice play that was called back because of a holding penalty, I believe it was. But uh, that touchdown catch, breaking tackles, finding his way to the end zone, that's just a glimpse of what Chase Edmonds could be if he ever gets the opportunity to be the guy in an offense. It's only because David Johnson is in front of him on the depth chart. Chase Edmonds is is really the buy of the week, according to all the players that we've talked about here. I really like that call, Matt. Let's move on to our final game, fellas. This is the Cincinnati Bengals, who took a brief lead on Sunday, only to get beaten pretty pretty badly by the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. I had this game, and I'm going back to the well one more time and going to talk about Justice Hill. Five carries for 31 yards on Sunday against the Bengals. Did not get a target in the passing game, but he is absolutely being overshadowed in this running game for probably good reason. Um, Mark Ingram is the obvious guy there, and and he's going to get his touches. He ran 13 times for 52 yards and a touchdown while catching two passes. And then after him, Gus Edwards, who many of us will say, really, Gus Edwards is getting touches in front of Justice Hill, but he had six carries for, for 34 yards in week six as well. Hill is not being used very much. In fact, the five catch, or the five carries that he had in week six was really the biggest biggest role that he's had so far this season with the exception of week one when he had seven carries in the blowout against Miami really in garbage time. So Hill is an afterthought in this Baltimore offense. He's an afterthought for a lot of dynasty owners as well. Very explosive player that looks like he can contribute both as a pass catcher and a runner of the football, a guy they're going to try to get in space in time. I'm not sure what's keeping him so far down that depth chart to this point, especially when you're considering uh, Gus Edwards is getting more touches than he is. He seems like he should be the change of pace. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens sooner rather than later. And if down the stretch he gets that role and gets some opportunities, he could be a guy that we're really looking at going into 2020 as a guy we want on our team and a guy that could take a big leap in his sophomore season. So that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. As always, we appreciate you guys listening. Check out DynastyLeagueFootball.com for more information on all these players. And everybody else in the league buys, sells, and holds. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks again for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.